Tonight, we're talking about being nearly buried alive in a claustrophobic noose from the weird, beginning a brand new experiment in finally becoming wizards, and of course diving into the weird, unexplained cases of spontaneous human combustion. Deep beneath the stacks of the New York Public Library, it's Brian and Eric don't belong here. Stay with us. Good evening, ghouls and gabagools. Welcome to another edition of Brian and Eric Don't Belong Here, a weekly exploration in the strange, the macabre, and the spooky. I'm Brian, here as always with my handsome and hopefully flame-retardant colleague, Eric. What's going on, man? It hurts me that you say that because you can clearly see I'm on fire right now. (laughs) Eric, it's for the show! I'm burning alive! All right, all right. Well, you can put yourself out. I'm sorry. Put the blanket over you, smother it. There we go. That that's, my, that's my sizzling sound. It was great. That I was a great was, sizzling sound. I think sound. it was good. Yeah. Was good. Um, all right. So, okay. We won't do... I guess setting you on fire in an audible medium wasn't the smartest idea. It was for naught. <laughs> now I'm just covered in burns. <laughs> well, get through this hour, and then we'll take you to the hospital. I promise. All right, that bud? That makes sense. <laughs> I'm gonna sl- <laughs> you are going to hear the sounds of me slathering myself in generous helpings of Vaseline. <laughs> That's good. That's It'll- the price you- we all pay. <laughs> oh, man, Eric, we got a lot of show tonight, and I think it's going to be a good one. We've done an unusual amount of preparation. So much preparation. And by preparation, I mean texting you earlier today and going, you want to do this? Yeah. And I said, <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Um, so we, I guess up top, we, uh, we're gonna launch a new segment, I believe weekly, weekly-ish segment. Yeah. Um, so we, a while back, uh, a month or so ago now, recorded an episode where we casted a spell. We did. We attempted to cast a spell. Um, Did we ever, that's... That locked episode in the vault, right? That, that episode's currently locked in the vault. It was a very experimental episode. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's unreleasable, but like it's so out of our normal wheelhouse that I feel weird just spending a week on it, having that be our weekly output. So I might put it out as a bonus thing or on YouTube. I don't sure, know yet. Sure. It also, but what's important is it also didn't work. What we asked for when we cast a spell, what we tried to do did not work. We are well past. We're past the due date. Past the due date absolute failure on our end but i'm not willing to say that magic has no like value this is just another entry in the brian and eric don't belong here magical notebook exactly exactly this was one failed experiment by two guys who did not know what they were doing we're following a wiki how following a wiki and the spell did ask for a totem of some kind and we did use a piggy bank of Raphael from the teenage mutant ninja also correct (laughs) Very true. So I could, I, you know, if if magic, at least according to that uh, book we've been looking at, Techniques of High Magic, insists that, or like posits that when doing magic, you're sort of tricking a spirit into thinking you're some kind of king. Yeah, yeah. I could see how maybe that didn't work for us. That is a, that is a great summary of the Western occult tradition. <laughs> Catfish a ghost. Yeah, exactly. Catfish a ghost, baby. Catfish a ghost, baby. So what we're going to do is... so. Also, how I would describe our relationship with magical properties uh, and magical ritual is you are afraid is the wrong word. 
I'm ca- I'm cautious. Yeah. I'm af- I I am afraid it could somehow do something. Right. I am I'm also I have trepidations, but mm. the curiosity and jackassery of my sure, brain sure. overwhelm me. Sure. So, we were talking about you maybe giving me experiments to do. I will yes. do them throughout the week if yes. if they seem like they'd be good to play on the show, I will record my attempts. Okay. Um and we'll just week by week catch up on am am, am I becoming a wizard finally? At long last. At long last. At long last. <laughs> I think you got a shot. I, I think I have as good a shot as any. I think so. You have a talent for remote viewing. That's it. I, I have, yes, go back to our remote viewing episode. Um, I My latent psychic abilities became clear. Very clear. It's really weird. Um, yeah. Do you want to go into that now or did you want to wait till later? I think now's the time, unless there's okay. something else you want to no, do first. No, we could we could dive right in. So yeah, so I brought back the I brought back the book Techniques of High Magic. I feel like it's a good it's a good entry level mm. uh, tome. It's it's got like a survey of kind of everything you need. Um, so I was thinking what we could start with for you. I was looking technically step one setting up a temple, doing all sorts of stuff. Seems like a lot of work. There's some divination, also a lot of work. I <laughs> no, I want to skip the I want to skip the basics. I don't want to yeah, build a you foundation. Dive right in, baby. <laughs> I don't want to learn how the scuba gear works. No, 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 that's right. Why yeah, why waste time? Mask me up. <laughs> Mask him up. Mask him up. Throw him in the throw him in the vat. <laughs> uh So I figured what we could do or what you could do is start with a little something that we sort of ended on actually last time. Astral projection. Wonderful. So do you, Brian, we talked about it a little bit last time. You were quite high. I was so high. You were very, very high. It's a great episode. <laughs> uh, do you remember, do you remember much about it? Do you have any? I, yeah, I, um, so we, we did talk about astral projection. My understanding of it is sort of create, it's, it's like an out of body experience, right? Your conscious, you, your consciousness leaving your body. Is yeah, that so if, if around it? Yeah, basic. If we go back to that idea that's presented in this book, that there are basically four planes of existence, astral projection is you transmitting your right. consciousness into one of these other planes, or, or essentially like becoming kind of like aware of these other planes, sort of. Got it. Um, yeah, and so it's a method, it's a method of basically travel, according to this. So there's a protocol that you can follow if you dare. I do dare. So I here's do a, dare. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I meant to tell you about. This is going to require. Also, you'll die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you will die immediately if you do this wrong. Um, no, this is going to require like a little bit of commitment and I think repetition. Okay. Okay. Because it's a little bit like a meditation. Okay. Where it's like first time you do it, mind may wander a little bit, might not get anything, and I think to see results, we'll give ourselves a week. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's great. And so if you could do what I'm about to describe for you every day and potentially more than once a day, if you have the time. Okay, okay. All right? Yeah. Okay, so here, I'm just going to read, I'll, I'll keep it brief. I'm not going to read whole sections, but I'll kind of give you give you the gist. So what I'm about to describe is a preparatory practice. And once again, I'm reading from the book Techniques of High Magic, A Manual of Self-Initiation by Francis King and Stephen Kinner, Skinner, third revised edition. Uh, we've done some episodes on it. We'll link to it. You should check it out. Um, so this is a preliminary exercise, which is going to aid both your visualization and the loosening 
of the astral bonds. Ooh. So it's useful to practice this first before you go on to other stuff. Sure. That's sort of the start of the session. So what you're going to want to do, do you have, do you, uh, or Am, do you guys have a large mirror? Like a full yeah. length yeah, sort yeah. of? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. So you want to be able to see your whole body in it. And what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to seat yourself comfortably and examine in detail all of your body. Okay. Just really strip down, get in oh, there. Oh, I gotta get I gotta get big time naked time, huh? No, it's not saying that, but that'd be oh, funny. Right. You can. I think you can. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna yeah, do please, it now. That's what please, I heard. Please do. Uh, all right. And then what you're gonna wanna do, you're gonna wanna close your eyes and try to recall all of the details of your reflection. So you're gonna look at yourself in this full length mirror, you're gonna kinda like get in a comfortable position, just look at yourself, try to absorb all the visual details, then close your eyes and try to visualize everything uh you just saw if you can't really do it if and this will probably happen the first couple times if you close your eyes and you can't really recall the visual image just open up your eyes again and sort of keep doing that keep opening your eyes and looking and sort of studying yourself and closing them and trying to visualize until that image when your eyes so are so I'm trying to get a pretty photographic mental image yeah like of exactly like you want to be able to really visualize all yourself. those creases and folds every <laughs> single one baby every little mole you got um, so when you can finally do this, here's where it gets interesting. Keeping your eyes closed, you're going to want to try to transfer. And this is sort of an act of imagination. You're going to want to transfer your point of view from your body to the visualization of your reflected image so that now you're looking out of the mirror at yourself. Okay. Seated there. <clears throat> yeah, I got it. I got okay. it. So, so pretty, pretty standard. And this is, and this is really just, uh, in like an exercise in visualization to try to strengthen that ability. Um, and then there's two potential techniques to do this. I'm going to go with just the simpler one. Great. Called in the book technique B, um, technique B, baby, B for Brian, B for Brian. So the first step in this is to perform the lesser banishing ritual as usual. Probably not important, just about cleansing the space, whatever. We could probably skip that. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, don't need it. So you're going to seat yourself as before in a straight-backed position or asana. Those who are familiar with yoga, that's just like a posture. Okay. Um, concentrate on your breath, watching it flow through your nostrils. Regularize it and allow it to slow down. Step four, transfer your attention to an imaginative scene, such as a rocky defile along which you imagine yourself walking. Feel as if you are climbing up one side of this until you reach a flat plateau on which there are two pillars, one black, one silver, with a veil between them. Now, as before with the mirror, you're going to visualize yourself seated on the other side of the veil. Okay. Next, you're going to transfer your attention to the figure on the other side of the veil and become it. So this is exactly like what you did with the mirror, where you sort of transfer your visual field, so you're looking out at the mirror. Okay. Now you're transferring your vision over the veil, so now you're looking out. At this stage, the mental projection should become an astral one. So what they're saying is you're, you're, you're basically imagining things up to this point. You're creating this imagined visualization. But at the point where your vision crosses the threshold of this veil, you've now transitioned from a mental projection into an astral projection. Interesting. The okay. actual astral projection occurs when you move the attention from one figure to another through the veil. 
thus negating the difficulties of moving out of the physical directly into the astral. To return, this is important. Uh, That sounds important. Don't get trapped in there. (laughs) To return, you sit down with your back to the veil. Again, being on the other side, like you're inside the mirror now. Okay. So you sit down with your back to the veil and visualize your other body waiting on the other side of the veil. Transfer your attention back to the other side. Now, this is important. Return along the path through the imagined landscape and reassume your physical body, perform the lesser, the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, blah, 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 Don't need to worry about it. So I'll actually, and I'll like, I'll send these to you as written so you don't have to memorize this. Great. Some notes about moving around and existing in the astral plane. Cool. Once you have successfully projected, do not immediately attempt to run around, but carefully move about your room, getting used to your new body. You will find that leg motion is not required, but that merely willing yourself from one place to another is sufficient. Remain earthbound for the first first few experiences, gradually getting used to resisting the temptation to indulge yourself in the new sensations of weightlessness and timelessness. Okay. Explore the adjoining rooms, something you can do by merely passing through doorways, and try to remember some feature which you might not normally know about which can be checked on later. So this is an interesting oh, way to do an experiment. Yeah. You know, they've actually, I was reading, they've actually been doing this in hospitals as a way to test um, out-of-body near-death experiences. Oh, sure. So many people claim that, like, on the what when they have near-death experiences, they see themselves in the whole room from above. Right. So some hospitals, what they've been doing is putting, like, symbols or specific, specific words, like, on top of, of cabinets or, or things that you couldn't see unless right. you unless you were literally had a viewpoint from above. Right. Um so this is so this is just saying, you know, sort of you can do that for yourself. See if in these if you actually have visions, if something happens here, see if you can notice things yeah. that you would that you yeah. can check later. Interesting. I wonder if I can find the source of that fucking dead smell. Dude, imagine you see, see some weird shit that's causing... It's just like a burrito in your fridge. I mean, yeah. That's, uh, that, that checks out. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, it's just saying note the details that you notice in your magical diary. We should probably get you a magical diary. I guess I'll need a magical diary. Um, will... Can it be a magical audio diary? Oh, that's a great idea. Right? I think, yeah. I think right? that's prob- I can probably... Just, I can just take my recorder and we can... Oh, dude. That's actually... That's a, that's a great idea. Right? That's the best idea. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Uh, oh, interesting. All right. I'll read this one last thing and then we could then we could talk about it. When trying to ascertain if you, if you are seeing truly on the astral opposed to just imagining something. Right. It is useful to imagine the contrary of what appears to be there. For example, if you visit a friend in the astral body and you see him reading, imagine that he is ironing instead. If the figure immediately changes to conform with your imagination... You are probably only viewing your own astral creations, but if it does not alter, then you can be fairly sure that you are actually there. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's the that's the protocol. Um, and like we've talked about before, what I like about this book is it gives you a lot of things. You can just t- like you can just try this and see right, right. see if it works. I would caution that again. Uh, I think a lot of this stuff, people defenders of it, would say like it takes time that's kind of what i'm expecting i I don't i don't imagine next week i'm going to be like oh by the way i've mastered astral projection by staring at myself in a mirror yeah Uh, exactly exactly but i you know i'll 
I'll um I'll do the beginning steps, like especially yeah, this we'll week. See I'll if anything f- happens. I'll I'll keep an audio diary. Um maybe what we can do is if if there's anything especially relevant, um, we can probably put that into the show. If it's a little long and meandering and a lot of like, well, nothing happened again today, maybe we can make them available on the blog or something. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um but we'll we'll figure it out. Um, but that that sounds good. That's mission mission one. Mission one. So what's the idea here? So am I just going to slowly feed you all of the the sub the little discrete tasks to become to I ascend think, as a wizard? Yes. All right. Great. I believe love that, that is the plan. I love that. Um, so yeah, what I'm going to do? Yeah, I'm going to focus on on those early stages. I'm going to report back on them, and then maybe you can guide me in what you think the next step is. Okay. All right. This segment needs a name. We'll, we'll workshop it. We'll work. you, were you? Do you have something? No. Okay. Wizard time. Yeah. <laughs> wizard bros. The wizard and the bruiser. Yeah. That's a great. That's certainly not I, taken. <laughs> um, I'm sure Jake will just let us have it if we ask for he it. He doesn't need it. He doesn't. He's doing need great. It. There, that could just be a good pot. They could just call that a pretty good podcast. It's like how you call be- soda coke. Yeah, just like any kind of cool podcast, it's a wizard and a bruiser. There you go. I, I that makes complete sense to me. Yeah, I think, um, we, I think we cracked the case. Should we move on? Yeah. All right. We have we have a new addition to the show. This is uh, they've been sitting here this entire time. I think I can't actually see them. Um, we were uh, talking about maybe adding a uh, a new. It's something you can't. You have to like. It's been Brian and Eric don't belong here for uh-huh. so long. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. adding a new voice into the mix. It's hard. It's hard, it's and it's hard. a big decision. Yeah. Um. But we are excited to. Um. It's gonna change the show a bit, but we we have. Let's just do it. It's we yeah. have a new permanent fixture, a new host of the podcast, or the third leg of our show here, and that's. The ghost who's been haunting my apartment. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Most likely. Most likely. What we have done is we have hooked up uh, a ghost box to our recorder. They have their own track, <laughs> their own audio track. And uh, it was so uh, we, they need a name. I've been kind of calling him Pete in my I head. I think we should stick with Pete. Pete, if, if that's the instinct, let's go with Pete. All right. Um, I will say, I think, we, I think we messed up with this ghost box. Yeah. We should have put googly eyes on it. It's not too late. It's not too late. We could still do that. Okay. <laughs> it's not too late to do that at all. But anyway, I that. um, I, so here's the thing about Pete is like I said, I can't. We have a chair for him. We can't see him. Um, but we can technically technically can't see him in quotes, right? Yeah. Um, but we can check in with him. So we don't actually know that he's here. Um, so yeah. real fast, Pete, um, new host of. Brian and Eric, we're not going to change the name of the show. It's already no, on no, all no. the stuff, you know. But you can call it Brian and Eric and Pete Dumpelong. Right? Yeah, call it whatever you want. But we're yeah. just not going to. We don't want to go through the back end no, and change no, everything. Legal. It's just it's ugh, it's a whole talk to HR. Yeah, right. It's just a mess. Uh, but Pete, new host of the show. You got anything to say? Mm. You know it. If that was anything, I'm sure. I'm sure it made sense to Pete. I think Pete speaks a little Spanish. <laughs> he definitely does. He can hobble a little I, bit. Pete, we don't is the thing. I yeah. don't, at least. I speak a little. I speak like a eight-year-old boy. <laughs> like a great. very foolish eight-year-old boy. Great, 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 great. great. So, Pete, uh, just we'll we'll check in with you throughout the show. Um, but uh, you know, 
ty- either either we're gonna if you want us to understand it, it's gonna either need to be in English or an eight year old boy's level of Spanish. Quiero un cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Sound good, Pete? I did straight up here, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I like the idea that Pete is just a sort of chill, chill, vaguely tired man. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. All right, guys. Is this my? Oh, this is my fate. I'm trapped in a room with two idiots. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I like to think get to be trapped. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Fair, fair point. It is how you frame it. <laughs> Have you speaking of? Have you had any any more interesting encounters? Or? Um, I've been on vacation. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, right. So I actually haven't been home, uh, but now I'm back, and now like, but like Pete and I are buds now. Yeah. So like, I I don't think there's going to be an issue, ain't that right, Pete? He might he might have went to go to the bathroom. Sure, I'm not sure. Sure. Um, uh, should we? So that's Pete. Every, everyone, please welcome Pete. And uh, we're, we're so excited to have him. It's, I think it's, the show's only going to get better from here. I'm pretty pumped. It certainly can't get worse. That's not possible. <laughs> um, dude, I got a pretty... Before we get into our main topic, I have a pretty fucking horrifying uh, news from the weird. Okay. Does that, does that sound good? I love that. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on some music here. Okay. Lembasheke, Peru. All right. On April 26th, Rosa Isabel Quispedes Calaca, her brother-in-law, and her nephews are in like a pretty tragic car wreck. Okay. Uh, the nephews are injured, the brother-in-law died, and Rosa was also declared dead. Oh, boy. So during the funeral p- procession, uh, you know, it's that usually involves like pallbearers the, lifting the casket on their shoulders, bringing it out to a vehicle, which will then go mm-hmm. to the cemetery. The pallbearers start hearing a terrible, like a very noticeable knocking on the casket. Nope. So they put it down, open it up, and sure enough, Rosa's fucking alive. Eyes wide open, covered in sweat and gasping for air. What the fuck? She's fucking alive. How does that happen? It's So she's rushed to the hospital. It's assumed that after the accident, she fell into some sort of coma. Yeah, yeah. And the hospital was like, well, she's dead. That's cr- so they're not checking vitals. They're not like I, I do not know how. To, so the family's the family's furious. It's and then it's, it's unfortunately the story still has a, a uh, sad ending. Mm. She um, she wasn't in good shape, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, untreated in a car accident, presumed dead, put in a casket. She was put on life support, and she did unfortunately still die. Wow. Um, and so the family's fucking pissed of yeah, like, yeah. hey, maybe if you didn't think she was fucking dead, she would have got some treatment and she would have yeah, been alive. Yeah, of course. Um, Can I say where my mind goes immediately please, in stories like please this? Please do. Having worked together um, and having, I won't speak for you, but for myself, having not been a great employee at certain times in my career, I'm always thinking about the poor guy who is absolutely Ugh. responsible for this, Ugh. who is sweating <laughs> bullets right now. My head did not go there, but oh boy, have I been that guy. (laughs) She looked super dead. (laughs) Do do you remember those moments of, (laughs) and I'm sure I'll have many more still to come, please hire me, um, of just something goes wrong and just that sinking gut feeling of, fuck. Yeah, ooh, that was super me. (laughs) Fuck. That's super. Here's what bosses don't like to hear. The following phrase. My bad. 
Ooh, my bad. They don't like that one. <laughs> no, not a not a popular one. No. I have to say I'm also like I'm a little confused of aren't there like procedures you go I mean so Dude, assuming- I mean that's we like Peru has modern medicine. Right. Like they have they have ways to monitor heartbeat and like Right. And like it's uh, even even going through like the funeral process, don't they like drain stuff yeah, and like yeah. stitch stuff up? I, I assume sure. it wasn't going to be you know after a car accident, it's probably not going to be open casket. No, no. <laughs> my uh, my wife went to uh, a couple of years back my uh, my grandmother's funeral, uh, and uh, we were we my family's quite Catholic, and uh, uh, my wife is a was raised Protestant and it was very funny going to a Catholic wake and like, nope, sure enough, there's there's your grandma on a box. Wow. That's, oh, yeah. That's yeah, super yeah, yeah. just your dead grandma. Dude, I've seen a couple of open casket uh, funerals. It's wild. I, it's so funny. I don't even think of it as weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I just grew up going to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I got I got a big Irish family. People dying all the damn time. You know what they <laughs> used to do back in the day that we should bring back? What's that? Is when someone died, they would just put them on the table. And you would like drink around them for like a day or two, and then Ooh, you bury them. That <laughs> that could get awful ripe. Bring bring that back. I do like it in theory. You know it's what I mean? Just, You're hanging out. I do. I. Uh, you know what? I'm sending the guy off. You know what I I'm mean? I'm for it. We should put that in our wills of like, <laughs> yeah, drink around my corpse, <laughs> forty eight hours minimum. It's what Pop Pop would have wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think they use too much makeup too. I'm gonna say that. Oh, it, I mean, like every it's too much. Every wake I've ever been to, the part, like I, I've been to two grandmothers' wakes, and neither looked like my grandma in the box. No, Just a no. weird, stuffed up, like ugh. yeah. Like, why do you have to do? Do you have Ma- to do that? Dead does not do great on your like complexion. Sure. You know. Sure. <laughs> you gotta. You Throw gotta... some bronzer on me. <laughs> Put me in the tan. Give me a spray. It's the answer is maybe don't do open casket. Like uh, the Irish, we joke. You know, we we gotta so you gotta prove they're fucking dead. But yeah, I was gonna say. I better see like the. I better difference. see the damn body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, the move is probably close. Casket. Oh, I thought that was a joke about how pale we are. <laughs> no, I was making a joke about how my grandmother better be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old Irish humor. Um, <laughs> this is our this is our old Irish humor segment. Yeah. <laughs> It's for nobody. It's for nobody. We just make fun of our large heads and spindly legs <laughs> and creamy white skin. Irish humor. Uh, Pete, you got any Irish jokes? Uh, Pete couldn't think of any. I don't think. Yeah, he's probably yeah, he's probably reeling. Probably reeling. <laughs> he was laughing at our jokes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um. So, but also, like, how, I think, getting buried alive, getting buried when you're not actually dead, yeah, being yeah, yeah. conscious at your own funeral, that's, is, like, an absolute existential, like, fright. That's gotta be the worst. That it's has to be the worst thing. Truly next level frightening. Like, the amount of just overwhelming claustrophobia and fucking panic. Like, dude, like, you're in a in a dark box. You can't see anything. You can't really move. You're running out of air. Like, fuck. I'm that. having, like, a tiny panic attack just thinking about it. Dude, and, like, you're gonna have to shit. <laughs> you're gonna you, get thirsty. Like You'll be dead before you shit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good point. Dude, that's why I'm I'm pro cremation. 
Yeah, burn right. Me because even if worst case scenario, I'm still alive. I get all the way to the crematorium or whatever, and I'm somehow still alive. I'm in a coma, whatever. Just this. this. It won't be long. Yeah. 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 At least I'll just burn alive, <laughs> and I'll be dead. Speaking of that, okay. What a beautiful transition, Eric. <laughs> I'm a, they call me Mr. Alleyoop. That's kind of my thing. Um, what I wanted to talk about tonight was. <clears throat> Still, don't get me wrong, still an awful way to die. Yeah. But spontaneous human combustion. What, what, like, top of your brain, top level 30,000 feet, what do you know about it? Here's what I, I remember reading about it in, I think I was in, like, third grade, and we had one of those cool books where it's, like, the man, it's, like, weird stuff in the world. <laughs> it's, like, love before, those kind of books. It was, like, in the 90s before listicles exist, before the right. internet had, it was, like, the the book version of a listicle for right. children, and it was, like, man in the iron mask, Bermuda Triangle, friggin' human combustion, and it's just the idea that, my understanding is that, like, sometimes people just catch fire for no reason that is i mean that's that's it summed up here's my question for you because i feel like this is this is a meme that exists in the world and is a thing people are like it's a thing like sometimes people like human combustion is it is it documented ever is it like common like what the hell's the deal with it Eric, I would love to tell you about just that. My friend, December 2010 in Ireland, 76-year-old Michael Faraday burned alive in his home. Jesus Christ. He was found on the floor, basically burned to a crisp. You ready for the weirdest part? The only damage was to the floor beneath him and the ceiling above him and obviously his body. Um... So he was found near a fireplace, but no like accelerant was found and police said there was no evidence of any like foul play. This guy's Irish. This guy's Irish. He's sitting at home. He's covered in grease smoking Newports. (laughs) (laughs) That said, the official cause of death from the coroner, spontaneous human combustion. It's it was Ireland's first case of it. Now. It's worth it's this. This poor motherfucker burned alive, catching fire seemingly out of nowhere, just like internally exploded, basically. Now, there's an important caveat here. Yeah, not many. <laughs> Everybody involved is Irish, <laughs> a nation of cheaters, liars, and thieves. <laughs> Barely literate, <laughs> a degenerate island. Filled with subterranean <laughs> demi-humans. You got it. You got all of it. Okay. So the actual important caveat here is that not many people in the scientific community think a spontaneous human combustion is actually possible. Even in this case of Michael Faraday, this declared death is more of like, we have no idea what the fuck happened. <laughs> I'm so sick of these skeptics, bro. <laughs> It's it's so like they're they're putting down spontaneous human combustion of like that's as likely as anything fucking else. We do we do it's not just know what a happened. Thing. It's yep. Well, why not just say that? Why not put question mark? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh Pete, what would you write? We're gonna need some contributions from Pete here. <laughs> I love that we can just throw to Pete at any time. Anytime. That's great. He's I mean, having the third voice is great. Yeah. If we, Pete, I am sorry. If we have any like human guests joining us, you are gonna get bumped. I only have four uh, audio uh, lanes essentially. That's true. But Pete is gonna get bumped. But um, oh, so far, it's not that. like he's got a lot to say. I missed that, Pete. I'm sorry, man. You gotta speak up. 
Enunciate, Pete. So interesting. <clears throat> okay, so from uh, Britannica on if spontaneous human combustion is real, mm-hmm. uh, reading directly from the article, the answer is almost certainly no. None of the proposed scientific explanations for how a body would spontaneously burst into flames have held up to scrutiny. Mm. Some of the early proposed mechanisms rely on outdated medical ideas, such as the notion that an ignition could be the result of an imbalance of bodily humors. Mm-hmm. The Victorian explanation that alcohol rendered the body flammable doesn't work either. That would be so funny. Right? <laughs> it's It was commonly in, like, old, the old, old days. It was commonly associated with drunks. Interesting. Um, and uh, seeing that concentrations of alcohol in even the most intoxicated people are too low that an external source of ignition would be required, it doesn't hold also, much water. Also, so many people are so wasted all the time. That like it's, it, all of New York City would just be walking around <laughs> in flames. <laughs> so I, Eric, I'm gonna I'm gonna shock you. I'm not a scientist. No, I do I do wear a lab coat that I found down here every you recording without fail. But like you you can't get it off of me. It's but covered like, in ketchup. Is it that ridiculous? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I like. I couldn't tell you why it would be impossible. That's the thing. It's like you can definitely see why it's so pervasive in like pseudoscience as a myth of like the body is full of extremely flammable gases like fucking methane. Mm. Um, It's I guess that's true. It's I didn't think about that. Yeah, we have extremely flammable gases like we're, we're lined in fatty tissue that is extremely flat. We're walking grease fires waiting to happen. That's what I call myself. (laughs) So it doesn't seem completely unimaginable that like some weird combination of factors could create some sort of spark or ignition for lack of a better word. And that's, well, that's my question. Do we know how like prevalent these reports are? There have this one, but like, are there a lot? There have been, in as far as like what I can see is there are about 200 reported cases total, like through recorded human history. That's pretty crazy. It's that's simultaneously a lot. And, but it's also obviously extremely, extremely, extremely rare. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and mostly, mostly attributed to freak circumstances where, like, we don't know what the fuck happened. Interesting. Um, it is interesting. I didn't realize that this phenomenon goes back, to, like, as long as you were, t- you were talking about, like, Victorian era, things like, do we know Do we know how long ago the first? Like, um, we're, ta- we're definitely talking, like, nobility in, uh, like, uh, 18th century type of stuff a uh a charles dickens character in uh-huh. his novel bleak house yeah, yeah. who was a drunkard uh-huh. um the character not dickens or maybe dickens was i don't know a lot about dickens stop asking sure. me about dickens eric every every episode <laughs> we have this fight i'm not gonna stop asking you about dickens uh but a drunkard character spontaneously combusts and dickens was a, a big believer in it as a real thing that's i will say i feel like drunk people like like a drunk like a real drunk like a real old school drunk first of all don't see those i feel i don't know where that archetype <laughs> went that's fun uh, what a fun little archetype. That's a fun little archetype. You're just ruining your life. <laughs> falling asleep on oily rags all the time. <laughs> but I feel like that sort of person that's described in that stereotype is probably more likely than the average Joe to just catch fire right? from one means or another. <laughs> Spontaneously or no. Yeah, just that's right. more likely to catch fire. Yeah, there's more, they're more combustible just generally. I just 
saving thing in general. Like even drunkards, especially maybe it's a one and two, but like even if it's a million sided die, yes, and you keep rolling it, it's one's gonna come up eventually. Yeah, for sure. You keep rolling. Maybe in drunks might be a one and a two. Like you said, <laughs> it doesn't seem that it, it's like bio. I mean, and again, I know absolutely nothing of course, of course. about biology, combustion, any of this stuff, but it doesn't seem impossible. Like you said, we're we're filled with combustible gases right at all times right it's yeah it's like so uh what i would love to tell you about is the big one the oh, big baby. spontaneous human combustion story oh, baby uh this is the story of mary reeser of florida often called in the media the cinder woman mystery oh jesus Story goes that in 1951, St. Petersburg, Florida, a landlady was delivering a telegram to her tenant, 67-year-old Mary Reeser. The landlady notices that the doorknob is hot to the touch, Hmm. which... It's one of the key signs, of course, that there's a there's a fire inside, just yeah. in case you're like Eric and I, and you paid literally zero attention to any fire safety. <laughs> yeah, my rule is doorknob's hot. Go on in. <laughs> doorknob's hot. Hey, why not? <laughs> doorknob's hot. Hey, why not? <laughs> We're going to put out pamphlets for kids. <laughs> Go on in. <laughs> the water's fine. <laughs> oh, what, do you want to be cold? <laughs> <laughs> Pete, any fire safety tips? I thought it was... I heard I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off there, people. We got to move on. Um, Pete, you got to do something here. Otherwise, you're going to get fired, man. Um, okay. So, landlady touches the doorknob. Doorknob is hot. She calls the authorities. And what they found inside surprised everyone. Okay. Basically, the kind of thing of, like, the firemen have, like, never seen anything like this in 25 years of working. Straight up. In a chair in a sitting room were the remains of Mary Reeser, mostly ashes, as well as a bit of her spine and an undamaged, unburned foot wearing a black slipper and a skull that had shrunk to the size of a teacup. What? Yep. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's, why did the skull shrink? That is a big, big question. Because, like, fire wouldn't do that. It's, no, think. it's, it's lar- largely in those circumstances of, like, someone catching up. The skull largely, for lack of a better word, kind of explodes. Hmm. That's usually, usually what happened according to the internet sleuthing that yeah, I did. Yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of experience with skulls exploding. Uh, no, it makes sense, though. It's filled right. with liquid and whatever. Right, right. Kind of just and, ruptures. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and uh, nope, in this case, it very famously shrunk down to the size of a teacup. Which Dude, is that is crazy. weird. What's weird in these cases, too, at least the ones you've described so far, is that nothing else around it seems to catch fire. That is exactly what I would like to get into. There was some damage to the chair that she sat in, the ceiling above, and several plastic objects around had like lost their shape. There was also some candles in the house. Those had all uh-huh. melted, leaving only their wicks. Um, now, uh, everything... And the, the firemen also said it was so fucking hot they initially couldn't even go in. Like it was hot Ooh. in the room. Um, and, uh, but other than that, there was like Faraday uh, in Ireland in 2010, there was no damage to the surrounding apartment. Even a nearby stack of newspapers were still fine. 
That's crazy. You know what it kind of makes me think of? And this is literally based on absolutely nothing. Have you heard um have you heard of that thing Havana syndrome? Remind me. So Havana syndrome is a report uh reported symptoms from a couple of like embassy workers and some like intelligence personnel in the U S who were stationed near in, in Cuba basically. Uh, and they started getting just super bad migraines and vertigo and almost like traumatic brain injury symptoms. And it's it was like a weird political football for some for right, some reason. Right. It was like kind of a partisan issue. And I have I have no idea. I'm not <laughs> going anywhere near that. But I'm just saying that like, you know, these people, these, you know, these citizens, whatever, were reporting these really troubling symptoms. Uh, they were largely dismissed, but they were showing. There's some other people who've like shown up talking about it, and one of the theories, which is not that far fetched, is that it's some kind of uh, directed energy weapon, like a microwave that yeah. you can target at a person and fuck them up, basically. And it's invisible. It doesn't damage anything in the way. Right. Uh, it oh, this almost feels like something like that. Like it's some fucking weird. Experimental yeah, thing. Right. <laughs> Where we're like, sorry, lady, like the CIA has to test our new friggin' like satellite <laughs> microwave. There are some very weird theories, um, you know, that, that don't involve spontaneous human combustion. Um, there is one theory of a, mm, let's say, unreliable eyewitness who said that a fireball crashed into the apartment and she was hit by a fireball. Oh my god! I uh, I don't know, but if it was a CIA weapon being tested, you know what I mean. <laughs> Just some kind of microwave beam weapon? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. I wasn't there. Were you there? No. So um, the other weird thing here is like in order to entirely incinerate the body, like I said, everything except a foot still Mm -hmm. in a slipper was ash. She would have need to have burned at 3000 degrees for several hours. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, there's so many weird things about it. Like the thing the thing that sticks out to me is the heat in the room, the temperature in the room. Right. Being that hot. Right. Um it's it, it also doesn't seem like and granted it's hard to tell cuz she was ash and the only thing surviving was like her skull, her shrunken skull, yeah, yeah. her spine and a foot is like no attempts to like move from the chair. That yeah. we can see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. There, uh, so we got the. I mentioned the shrunken skull already. It should explode. Um, I can't find an explanation for why that would have happened. I, I not that I, you know, was really digging the books. Was no, but even doing just, some internet even sleuthing about it logically, like what the fuck, like how is it that? Say you committed suicide that way. You're gonna like you're gonna dump gasoline on yourself and like like other stuff would have caught on fire. Right. You know what I mean? Why would your slipper survive? Why would your skull shrink? Why would the whole room be super hot? Like nothing makes sense. Right. And it's even if you were incinerated, like cremated, it's your skull would just sort of turn into dust. Exactly. It's weird. That's very strange. I have an extremely weird question. Like the old like shrunken head trope. Is uh-huh. that real? Is that just fake? Yeah, that's a thing. Okay. That's a thing. Is that anything? Is that any, but that's like a long process, right? Of like, yeah, I don't know how that works, but I believe basically as part of a ritualistic practice, I, 
I want to say voodoo. That could be completely wrong. But basically, yeah, yeah we, like, we are rough draft just guessing. Oh, uh, yeah. But it, but it, but my understanding is that it's a th- it's a thing you, you can shrink a head. You can take a head and shrink it and it becomes an art. It, like it's used as basically like an artifact or right, like a ritual right. tool. Huh. Um, but is that related? Like what is the I process of doing that? I'm th- I'm just this whole scene just makes me think of Beetlejuice. <laughs> um Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm do we'll I'm reading I'm reading now shrunken head process and it's uh I won't just leave it as it's gross. Um so um if with the foot, with the foot, it at least like makes sense to me that like fire rises you know so like if it didn't yeah. get to her foot um so it's uh once again no other damage to the apartment um it, it did so like it didn't spread at all over the course of the several hours it would have taken in order to incinerate her like that yeah it doesn't make sense it's i guess unless like the chair kept it and, and the chair didn't catch fire and also like you're saying if it's 3000 degrees if you need 3000 degrees of heat over exactly several hours even if the flames themselves didn't spread like other stuff would just should catch fire with that kind of heat right right yeah god i didn't even fucking think of that um so there is an officially accepted explanation okay um so it comes down to what they call the wick effect. Uh, and there are some important factors here that we need to understand about Mary Reeser. Okay. She was a smoker, she was overweight, and she took sleeping pills. Um, so the theory in she the- She having a good time. What's that? The having a good to, time. Like to eat a little bit, like to just get a good <laughs> snooze on. Uh, so the theory and like officially like accepted explanation from her family is that she fell she fell asleep in her chair while smoking, uh, dropped her cigarette. Uh-huh. It set her nightgown on fire. The nightgown proceeded to act like a wick, exactly like in a candle, and mm. the candle was her body fat. Holy shit! Uh, which is uh terrible <laughs> the only thing that i think about like human body fat being flammable is that i, I mean I, I guess it is but on the other hand it's it's wet like yeah, i forgot they did find like grease in the carpet like body fat grease Jesus. in the carpet it's a terrible way to go <laughs> Damn. um so critics of that theory and explanation really get stuck on the fact that she didn't move and like needed to be there for hours. But like, how was she? And this is, I don't mean this in a cruel way, but like how big was she mobile? Could she like get up? Like, could she? No. Yeah. She wasn't that big. You know, she was like, you know, she was in her seventies. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Um, a, uh, you know, from pictures I saw, it looks like a normal 70 year old woman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I did, I did look, she had taken sleeping pills and like as much as I'm like, this oh, is, and I we're talking see. like 1950s strength sleeping pills, yeah, which I'm sure yeah. are just the same thing they gave fucking horses. Dude, 1950s pharmaceuticals. That's a golden <laughs> age. That was a good time. Uppers, downers, whatever. I Pete, actually, you know anything about 1950s uh, uppers and downers? <laughs> Pete's killing me, man. I remember there's a story my mom tells about coming home from school when she was like a girl and my grandma was literally vacuuming the drapes because she had started taking some new diet pills. Oh, baby. Oh, man. Yeah. So it, 
the sleeping pill, it, it does seem like if you were suddenly entirely engulfed in flame, you would move. Like, they'd find you on the exactly. floor. Yeah, yeah. But it does only apparently, I looked up, like, if you were consumed in flame, you apparently would die of, asphyx- of asphyxiation in, like, 60 to 90 seconds. And that's not including a fucking lifetime smoker, you know? I guess, but, w- like, you can hold your breath. Like, yeah, so the fl- that's a classic thing, right? That the flames are consuming all the oxygen so you can't breathe. So you actually suffocate before you burn alive. Right. Typically. But, like, if you held your breath for a minute and a half, you wouldn't die. You wouldn't even pass out, probably. Like, you, it would take you, like... Yeah, I guess that's true. And huh. you'd think a minute, a minute is a long time to just be on fire and not move. Unless she, A, wasn't conscious or was like, this is in a weird groggy state. Yeah. I, I don't know. Minute, and you could go in shock or like, right. know, depending on That's how. true. But here's the question, man. Like, cause you do hear those nightmare stories of people like, you know, you're like passed out drunk. You fall asleep with a cigarette, the mattress catch on fire, like that kind of thing. But like, if you're in a, like how easy is it like if if my shirt catches on fire right now do i just can does my whole body just go up yeah like you know no, that's what's right? weird um uh, oh my god i did see a terrible video a terrible video like i would not have willingly watched it if mm. it didn't just autoplay on fucking reddit of like some idiot looked like college age at a table with his friends he um sprays his beard with hairspray and like lights his beard whole face goes up oh jeez don't do that I've actually I've heard and this makes sense to me that the the worst place in the hospital by far mm-hmm. is the burn ward and I was looking up uh, like some stories of like burn victims uh, and uh, it just sounds like removing your bandages felt like getting skinned every time yeah like, exactly just exactly awful. just horrible pain the smell the like it's just fucking brutal and, and at any point you could develop like a life-threatening infection it's right. just really not good, not great oh don't fuck with it it's <laughs> should have paid attention to those fire lessons man yeah unless unless you're lighting a fart in which case that's totally safe and nothing we, bad has ever happened <laughs> to anybody we are not scientists or doctors yeah no or fire safety I, experts i'm pretty sure people have gotten real fucked up trying to light their own farts <laughs> I'm sure over the you over know? the course of human history, we've been farting into fires for a long time. Just yeah. by the number, somebody got real funny, fucked up. What a hilarious thing! It would be like if you died as a result of injuries from lighting a fart. It would definitely be like ah, this guy. Yeah, that's how he would have wanted exactly, to go. Exactly. Who wouldn't? <laughs> that's gonna yeah. Those eulogies are gonna be hilarious. Um, but I, I, her family, I guess, appears satisfied with the Wick theory. Um. The FBI got involved. J. Edgar Hoover was in charge, <laughs> um, uh-huh. and that's that's about it. That's that's the Cinder Woman that you like. Obviously, like nineteen uh, fifties newspapers went nuts with this story, um, and I, the Wick theory, like, certainly makes the most sense. But it's still, I, I don't know if that raises any questions that. So did she just set on fire? Uh, you know, did she spontaneously human combust? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know if that offers less questions. Dude, I don't, I don't know. I still get hung up on the fact that nothing around her burned. And that's extremely common in, uh, yeah, in human combustion cases. Right? Um, yeah, man, it's, 
and that does, and that doesn't even that that is a mystery. Even if like even if we're saying like yeah okay, there's some mechanism by which human beings will just catch on fire from some internal process, whatever. Why wouldn't things around them right also catch on fire? Right. Why would it be magic fire that only <laughs> yeah that only burns up the per, the body of the person? Right, and like just. <clears throat> Does fire not spread the way I'm like thinking of? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, house. I feel like a house catches fire and it can burn down in like under an. Like I a assume half you an light hour. a match wrong and your whole house will go. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I'm still not allowed to play with them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did get into a little bit of a phase where I was lighting my match with my wife. Decided to be like, please stop doing that. <laughs> you're you're one third of the way into the McDonald triad. <laughs> Um, you want to hear some other uh, quick cases? Yeah, I would love. And that's to. the big one, and you know, there's no they, they yeah, like I, I said it. they chalked it up to the Wick theory. Um, we're at the end of my uh, my formally written research. Now I'm just reading straight from Gizmodo.com. Uh, Ten cases of spontaneous human combustion. Gizmodo we'll link to it in the blog. is my go-to source. There for we go. Human combustion news. There we go. Um, let's see here. Spontaneous human. Co- I'm reading straight from the article now. Spontaneous human combustion has claimed the life of at least one member of the nobility. Countess Cornelia de Bandi, the countess who lived uh, in the 1700s, was found halfway between her bed and her window one morning with everything except her lower legs and three fingers burned. The legs are common. The legs and mm. feet are common to be like stuck preserved. around. Right. Which or, makes, or even just extremities like fingers. I, I will say if we're going with the uh, the combustible human gases theory like methane, that's all going to be in your guts. Right. So it would make sense that the limbs would be preserved. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the... Uh, okay, she apparently had calmly risen from her bed to open the window in the middle of the night, but combusted before she could reach the window. Oh, that's rough. In the room, two candles had been burned, or at least the tallow had been burned. The wicks were left completely unburned. What? Soot covered the room, including some bread on a plate that she had left on the table. Just as an indication of how strange the 1700s were, the bread was taken from the plate and offered to a dog. The dog refused to eat it, making him the most sensible player in this incident. Whoa. I do think that's a good note. I feel like the 1700s was a weird time. Just a just an overall sure, weird we time. A lot of weird stuff going on. Should we do on. a show up with the top 10 weirdest things that happened in the 1700s? Yeah, we should. <laughs> I think so. Um, let's do another one. Yeah. In 1961, again, straight from Gizmodo.com, in 1967, a passenger on a bus in England noticed blue flames in the window of an apartment building hallway. She thought it was a gas jet and called the fire brigade. When they got to the place, they supposedly found the body of Robert Francis Bailey, a homeless man. Firemen reported seeing a slit in the man's abdomen from which blue flames were issuing. Super weird. Which would be, that's the most, like... Yeah, it's a human a human combustion situation. Fire coming from inside of your body. Right. Pretty definitive. Which would be pretty it's you know what the other interesting thing is? The you mentioned it earlier of like shit being like wet. Your body's 70% water, right? That's yeah. not like a myth, right? That's- Dude, I, I literally I was making a fire it was like a little cold the other night and I was making a fire for my family and like there were some wet logs that were outside and they're literally on top of dry logs that are on fire. <laughs> And the wet log will not burn. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like it takes, and I mean, if you leave it long enough and the fire is hot enough, yeah, the water inside of it will evaporate and you'll get like steam vapor and shit. But it takes a long time. Like it's not instant. Right, right. Um, and then I've got, I've got one more here. Um, it's And this one's just called The Witnessed Case. Uh, there is only one case of human combustion for which there is a witness. Hmm. 
A mentally disabled woman lived with her father who cared for her. One day, he saw a flash out of the corner of his eye and turned to find her on fire. Despite the flame, she continued to quietly sit in a chair, not reacting and not giving any indication that she was in pain. The man's attempt to put out the fire left him with burned hands. The woman lived through the combustion, but That's slipped nice. into a coma and died shortly afterwards. Oh, nice. This indicates... <laughs> this a real, real trip there, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I really went through the whole roller coaster. <laughs> this indicates one of the strangest parts of human combustion. It takes a very hot flame to reduce a human body to ash. Crematoriums have special chambers designed for it. However, in almost all combustions, there are no burns in the room around the body, yeah. indicating that a person simply stayed in one place. Whatever the cause of this combustion, it seems to knock people out first. Hmm. It's weird, man. That would, I mean, if there is something that renders people unconscious or kills them first, like, it would explain the other, like, why people are just stationary. Right. I hope this is not real. I, you know, and like, I don't need that. Just the idea that at any point I can just burst into fucking I'm worried about enough fucking things. Yeah, I got enough on my point. (laughs) I agree. It's and so the scientific community finds no evidence for it. Yeah. And it, you know, 200 cases over the course of recorded human history Not doesn't seem to be a lot. And like half of them half of them if they were before electricity are like, I don't know, man, I heard once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, a lot of a lot of games of telephone. I will say some of them are well documented. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that... The more recent one. The like, Mary Reeser one is fucking weird. Yeah. Even even explainable, it's fucking... Even, you know, if it happens by purely logic that we understand, it's no, weird. Very strange. It is a freak dice roll, for sure. Um, there are people who... Um, <laughs> There wasn't enough good information to really include it in my notes here, but uh, there are people who assume uh, demons were responsible for Mary Reed's yeah. And I don't know, that makes about as much sense as anything else. Well, this, this, all these remind me of that scene from uh, Hereditary. It, it's, you can't not. Like, you cannot, right? Um, <laughs> that is in my hallway on a poster. Yeah, that's great. Great scene. Great scene. Yeah, I mean, I will say if we want to go real, real deep end, uh, you know, left field territory, it does there is something about it that seems like if magic were to exist like that is kind of how it could work right like only you like you were saying it's like what is this a magic fire that right. only burns you <laughs> right right you know what I, like that sort of seems like a thing <laughs> i yeah from what we've seen sure <laughs> yeah 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 exactly exactly Oh man, well that's that's spontaneous human combustion, I guess. That's that's wow. about all she wrote on it. It's, you know what I hate about this? What's that? They don't tell you any like if if one of us spontaneously combusts as a human, there's nothing to do. No. I just I guess you No, just, if the fire is inside of you, that that's inside of you, baby. You're I would try to drink a lot of water. <laughs> Maybe it's like a spicy thing, like you need to drink milk. You know That's what I mean? It. That's it. So if you ever find yourself spontaneously combusting, grab a cool glass of milk. Just Help your bones. some nice, cool milk, Got baby. milk, babe? Got yeah. milk? Yeah. Remember those got milk? Are, are those still every... Is that campaign still exist? Remember everybody had the ads? Yeah. Kids would just bring the ads to school? They were... Kids Kids would bring the ads to school? This didn't happen in your town? I. There were a couple hung in like a lunchroom. No, kids, and especially girls, for whatever reason, would collect the ads. And it was like a thing. 
to what? have all the ads in like a what? binder. Yeah, they got metal with the with a little mustache. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was a thing. What? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Why? I don't know. Our civilization's collapsing. I don't know, Brian. <laughs> why do, why do children collect ads for milk? <laughs> I don't know. I uh <laughs> I uh, you remember when uh, Star Wars Episode One came out in 1999? Yeah. They uh, they issued like Diet Pepsi, like had characters on cans, mm. and my brothers and I would collect and collect and collect and collect them, and we trade them around the neighborhood. And then at one point, my dad just threw them away. <laughs> We were dist- just distraught, and my dad having to be like, "Guys, it's garbage. <laughs> I'm not even gonna bother recycling them." <laughs> Guys, these are garbage. And like, and it, you know, he had humored it for months. And then it was yeah. clearly like, uh, they're they're literally collecting garbage. And these yeah. have to go. Yeah. They're not <laughs> they're even collecting, but There's bees we were all not. over the house. There practically were. <laughs> they have sugar water everywhere. <laughs> Line of ants coming through the front door. Did you collect anything weird as a kid? Uh, I didn't collect anything weird, but during the release of those movies, I did win a life-size Yoda from Blockbuster. <gasps> I still have it in my basement. The dream. Yeah, the dream. I keep flirting with the idea of selling it on eBay, and I always get too lazy to do it, but <laughs> it's worth I wonder what that would be worth. A couple hundred bucks, and wow. it fluctuates. I've seen it as high as a thousand. Light, I, you probably have to do it around the time of a movie. I friggin' missed the boat with the baby Yoda. Yeah, right. Thing. Um... Life size, like the size Yoda would be, or life size, like your size? No, life size is the size of Yoda in real life. That makes sense. You know? Otherwise, it'd be a big fucking Yoda. Yeah, it's not even life size. That's no size. That's big size. <laughs> That's just a big Yoda. That's has got a big Yoda there. It's not even the same <laughs> species, Brian. That's ridiculous. You know, Yoda doesn't have a species name. I did not know that. There's that no there's no official species. I, or, you know what? Maybe there fucking is. I don't, it's not in the movie, at least. Don't you? Don't tell me, me it's in a fucking comic book. You don't uh, like Star Wars, I thought, right? I love Star Wars. I what don't you like Lord of the Rings? No, I love Lord of the Rings. For the I, re- for the record, I love um, the Star Wars movies, like the original movies. Uh, I don't care about a fucking limited series on Disney Plus. There was, I thought there was some I had in my head that there. I'm having a real Berenstain Bears moment right now <laughs> because I had in my head that you had a thing. There was some series that I don't like, like Marvel. No, no, no. That's very reasonable. There was some like, <laughs> there was some like major nostalgia series that like uh, clearly you should like. Game of Thrones has never been my thing. I know. Game, yeah, Game of Thrones was one. The TV show I liked the books that I read. I could have sworn it was fucking Star Wars, but I, well, no, you I've know, certainly you, complained about Star Wars enough that someone could get that. Uh, maybe it's that opinion. Uh, no, I that. no, but all of my complaining out of Star about Star Wars is from my love of Star Wars. I feel like you have said the phrase "No, I don't care about the stupid space wizard movie" or something like. That. I have certainly said that, right? That's okay, but it's cool. out of a place of love. Got it. Um, I, get it. I oh, I also um, I deeply, deeply, deeply hated Rogue One. <laughs> Yeah, I mean all the, m- most of the new ones. All of the new ones are terrible. Um, I like a, I like a couple. I liked uh, I like Force Awakens is fun. Star Wars car- is it's Star Wars karaoke, but karaoke's fun. And then I really liked Last Jedi, um, mm. which was the second one after that. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else is uh, pretty bad. Interesting. Yeah, I um, agree. But um, hey, hey, Pete, any thoughts on Star Wars? 
Pete hasn't offered much to the conversation, but he is a convenient way to get out of stuff. <laughs> I will say he's throwing in a fun little jam every now and again. Oh, like, yeah, you know. You know what I mean? I'm bopping a little bit. I get it. Yeah. It's, you know, sometimes, like, you know, podcasters, they, they'll sometimes talk to the producer off and, like, he'll give it, they'll, they'll indicate a thumbs up. Sometimes Pete's just giving us a thumbs up, I, I think. think. That's right. I think that's really what it is. He's trying to help us out. We just can't perceive. Right. You right. know what I mean? Um, we'll get there. We well, just, maybe, maybe with your journeys into the astral plane. We'll hang out with Pete. figure some stuff out. We'll hang out with Pete. Imagine if you just see Pete. Imagine (laughs) it works day one. You're just like, holy mackerel. Pete's just eating fucking popcorn, (laughs) ready to go for the next one. I've been trying to talk to you this whole time. We have the first, we have the first ghost co-host, right? I think. Co-ghost? The first ever co-ghost in podcasting. There's a lot of great paranormal podcasts out there. I don't think there's another. A lot of really good stuff. I don't think there's another uh, spiritual entity co-host. Wow. Out there. I think we're ahead of the game. Which is, yeah, it's a really untapped demo, I think. Yeah. So, you know, I go us. Yeah. I think it's a big win. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think I think we're going to be rewarded for it. I think I think the people I are going to. I can't see how that wouldn't happen. <laughs> I can't even conceive of a world <laughs> where we would not be rewarded handsomely financially, <laughs> with notoriety and Please. accolades. We want all of those things. Eric, is there anything else we need to go over? You know what? There's a couple things I've been meaning. No, I have. I have nothing. I'm totally tapped. This was a fascinating topic. I'm genuinely, I in my own selfish way, I'm so excited to see what happens with this experiment. I yeah, man. I'll let you know next week. You know what I mean? Cool. Um. Yeah. And I'll keep a, an audio journal. Keep it. Keep it honest. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Guys, this has been Brian and Eric don't belong here uh there's a whole list of things that i wasn't prepared to say any of them we want to thank purple planet and carl casey at white bad audio for the use of their music uh so do good. you do you want to get in touch with us we're on we're on all the social medias we're on youtube hey maybe leave a comment if you're listening to us there and subscribe uh we're on twitter at brian and eric pod you can also check out our blog for more information on spontaneous human combustion mm-hmm. at brian and eric dot show we're going to paracon we're going to paracon baby uh and sonia ct uh tickets are cheap they're like 20 bucks uh we'll be there both dates it's gonna be a lot of fun come say hello we're gonna be doing shows from there amazing lineup amazing amazing, guest lineup. amazing lineup definitely gonna be worth your buck uh and please come say hey we're so excited to meet some people um i guess i guess that's everything um for both of us here brian and eric don't belong here Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. Good night, everybody. Pete, say good night. Oh. That was something. That was something.